Next one. Who knows who this is? Now this is... Uh, you guys know these? You, do? you don't look like you're too excited about it. Okay. I couldn't tell you a single one. In fact... It, in fact, in fact, this could have been somebody else pretending to be One Direction, and I wouldn't have known. Okay, next one. All right, Facebook. Next one. Me too. I remember when it was just for college students. Okay, now this next one, not this one, but this next one. I don't think that everybody is going to probably just be like, boom, right on it. I don't think, unless I got the wrong one. What's the next one? Okay, no, I'm sorry. This one is not the one. No, not this one. It's the next one. It's the next one because the name's not there. Okay. And then the last one, this will be the one that gets everybody. Maybe it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Now, I, the point of all this, other than just being silly, it, is these are trademarks of a particular group of people, a particular generation. I mean, these, these defined an era in a way. I mean, especially some of these things. There are entire generations of people that have shown the Facebook and the Twitter and the BlackBerry and the Windows logo. They would have no idea what you're talking about. What's, what's Facebook? What's Twitter? What's, what, what is it? You're going to tweet somebody? What does that mean? I mean, that sounds almost offensive in a way. You know? And, uh, I mean, it's hard for me to grasp in my mind that somebody could not know what the Windows logo is. I mean, and, and, and there are people out there that they don't know that. It's not because they're dumb, it's just because they were born in a different generation. But there are people out there that would look at that record or look at that jam box and, and a cassette player or a cassette tape and be like, oh, man, I remember that. Man, I remember this one time listening to that one particular record back when I was a kid, you know, and, and, they, and it takes them back. Well, these things, and I would think this is, I say this is very true, specifically for the Facebook logo and the Twitter logo, those are things that have left their mark on our world. Wouldn't you say? I mean, they have left a defining mark on our culture. There are very few people that you're going to run into that are going to be like, well, what's Facebook? Unless they're like 80, you know. And, and, then, and there are people that are, you know, 60, 70, 80 years old now that have Facebook. So these companies... These organizations, all these places have left their mark. And what I want to accomplish in our talk tonight, in our time tonight, is to begin to kind of toss around this question is, how can we leave our mark on our generation? How can we leave the mark of Jesus Christ on this world? How, what does that look like? And I think we could talk about this for just weeks and weeks and weeks and probably just dive into this in so many different ways but we're not going to um, <laughs> maybe we'll pick this back up another day um, but so keeping this all in mind this idea of leaving our mark um, what can we do to make a difference for Christ in this world and that's not, I'm not asking you to answer that necessarily but to think about it just a rhetorical question what is it that we could do to leave the mark of Jesus Christ on this world in a world that seems to be moving further and further and further away from the ways of God. How can you reach your friends at school? How can you reach the people that you play on sports teams with or are in clubs with or the people at your home or the people that you work with for Jesus Christ? What can we do? 
and then how do we actually do it once we know what to do? Does God actually want you to do anything at all? I mean, think about it. Can't he reach your friends all on his own? He's God, right? What does he need me for? You know, what does he need you for? He can do it, right? He's got this thing covered. He doesn't really need our help, does he? Well, I want to try to answer some of these questions. If you have your Bible or the Bible app, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 3 and 4. We're going to look at some verses in both chapters. And my hope is, is that they will answer some of our questions. This, this will answer some of our questions. This is a familiar story. I'd be hard-pressed to say that anyone in here does not have some slight remembrance of actually talking about this story at one point in your life. The story of Moses and the burning bush. Um, chapter 3 is going to be kind of a foundation for what we're getting into in chapter 4. Because 4 is where I really want to go. But I, I feel like you need to know the whole story. So starting with verse 1, chapter 3, it says this. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to, to Horeb. Am I saying that right? That'll work for me. The mountain of God. Um, <clears throat> there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see the strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. I think that would be you know, fair. Uh, I'd want to go see why. Um, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to, the, to, to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Now we could make this a real intimate moment and have everybody take their shoes off but after playing that game I don't want you to take your shoes off because I don't want to I don't want to have to smell your feet Abby yep and Ashley I can smell it stinks he says do not come any closer uh, take your shoes off then he said I am the God of your father the God of Abraham the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob at this Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard their, them crying out because of the, their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, Jebusites, and the Mosquitoites. What? Yeah. No. No. That's really in there. Yeah, that's a message translation. Eugene Peterson. <laughs> and now, the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you, that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Now I know this is a lot, and we're going to read some more, and it's kind of lengthy, but stick with me for a minute. God calls Moses to go to Pharaoh 
and protest on their behalf and, and, and get him to let the people go. And Moses is like in his 80s at this point. I mean, he's up there in years. He's been kind of tending this flock of sheep for a long time. I don't know how long a person could tend a flock of sheep before they got just so bored they'd want to, you know, jump off a cliff. And yes, he did stutter. The, the, the text actually talks about that. And, and he's coming up with all these excuses, which is the stuttering is one, of why he shouldn't be the one to do this, why he's not worthy of such things, why he's not capable of doing this in his old age. But I, I believe what God is saying here in this first half is that he is showing not just Moses, but all of those who would read this text even today to say, you know what, there is no age limit on doing ministry or making an impact in the kingdom of God. Just as much as that would be true for somebody old, I think that's true for somebody young as well. There is no age limit on you, no matter how young you are, to be able to make an impact in somebody else's life and make a difference in the kingdom of God. It goes on in chapter 4, after Moses is coming up with all his excuses. It, it, it says, um, he's kind of like, what if, what if they don't believe? What if they don't listen to me, God? What do I do if they don't listen to me? And it says this, chapter 4, starting with verse 2. Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? What I think that is, that is the key verse for our talk tonight. What is that in your hand? It says, a staff. He replied, the Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. I would never in a million years. I mean, it would have to be God telling me to do this before I would ever do this. Yeah, there it ain't happening, Scooter. Not happening. Um, then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out his hand, took, it by the, took hold of the snake, and it turned back into the staff. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Then the Lord said to him, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside of his cloak, and when he took it out, the skin was leprous. And it, became, it, was, it had become white as snow. Now put your hand back in your cloak. puts his hand back in there, pulls it out. It's all good to go. Back to normal restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, if, you, if, they, if they do not believe you or pay attention to, you the, to the first sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the, on the dry ground. And the water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Okay, that's a lot. The Lord asks Moses, perhaps one of the most important questions, I think, and it's a question that I want to ask you tonight. What is that in your hand? Now, obviously, you get an iPad, but it's, I'm not speaking literal. Very figurative here. What is it in your hand? For Moses, it was this staff. And I, and I actually have this stick. It's still at our other house that I have saved. I have like spent time like working on this stick so that it would become like you know the perfect like example of a staff. And I don't have it with me because it's like this... I mean, it's just so perfect. But, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm a simpleton. I'm pleased by simple things. Um, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm like a dog, you know. Oh, it's a stick. Oh. <laughs> it's a chew toy, yeah. Um, and, and, and he has this stick. I mean, this is something that Moses would have been super familiar with. This is what he used. We're going to pretend like this is the staff because I don't have my stick. Um, 
This is what he would have used to do his job every day. I mean, think about the things that, like, like for you, a guitar or whatever, you know, you use to, you know, the, the compressor and all that stuff, the, the, thing, the tools of your trade. I mean, this, this was a tool of his trade to tend sheep. He would have used this to, to fend off predators that would have attacked the sheep. He would have used it to help herd the sheep and keep them safe and to keep them from doing stupid things because the sheep are dumb animals and they would, if, if one would go off a cliff, they would all follow. They, they, don't, they don't think about the fact that, hey, that one fell off and died. Let's not follow him. He's an idiot. No, no, let's follow Bill. Let's go. Let's just chase after Bill. You know, just see what he's found over there. Ah, you know, dead. I mean, they don't... They're just dumb animals. And Moses would have used this staff to, to do that work, to protect those sheep. He was very familiar with this. And God gave him even more methods for convincing Pharaoh and convincing, you know, the, the, to, to let the, the Egyptians, to let the Israelites go. He, he, you know, he gave him the ability to turn his hand to his hand leprous and then to heal it just by going like this. I mean... You know, I don't, I don't know. I've never done this and had some miracle happen, you know. It, it just doesn't work out for me like that. I've never poured water on the ground and had it turn to blood. At least I hope not, anyways. Not that I'm aware of. Um, you know, and, and he gave him the ability to do this. These were the signs that he was to use to convince Pharaoh to let the Egyptians go. Moses, God gave Moses the ability to perform miracles using things that were either already in his possession or right there. Readily available. I mean, he had his hands. That wasn't too difficult. He already had hands, and the water was right there. It wasn't like he had to go far to get the water. Moses was using a staff, something that he'd carried with him for at least 40 years to tend these sheep. To, to tend these sheep. And in most situations where God wants to use us, I think this is true for all of us in here, where God wants to use us, to do something for him, he doesn't usually ask us to do something that we're not already equipped to do or that he's not capable of equipping us to do beforehand. Whatever God may call you to do, maybe God will call you into ministry. Maybe God will you know, call you to, to do something specifically, to, to lead a friend of yours to Christ or, or to minister to somebody or to help somebody. God is going to equip you in that situation with what you need to do it. It may be the words to talk to that person. It, it may be even money to give to that person. It may, I, don't, I don't know what it may be. It may be countless things. God is going to equip you. And if we aren't equipped already, he will, he will give us the means necessary to make it happen. And it's possible, I believe this to be true, for all of us, whether we're students or adults, it's possible that God wants to use us in a certain way right now. Whether you realize this or not, you have an influence. You have an influence in your life. You have a circle of friends, and I'm going to use my fancy ladder podium, whatever this crazy thing is. Here, let me turn so you can see. You have an influence in your life. You have a circle of influence. And you have actually multiple circles of influence. My fancy circles. You have an influence at home. You have an influence at school with friends. You have an influence at work, those of you who work. You have an influence on the sports team. Or the clubs. Or the underwater basket weaving that you do after school. 
Um, you have an influence. There are people in these circles that know you, that you have a relationship with you, that you talk with on a regular basis, that you connect with, that you can speak into their life. And you know what? They listen to you. You, you have connections. We're not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, that you, know, you need to go out on the street and start evangelizing to people that you don't know, although God may call you to do that. But there are people in your life right now that you already are already connected to, that you have an influence with. And God, so often when He calls us to do certain things for us, or, or sorry, for Him, He calls us to do those within these circles of influence that we already have. God wants us to reach people within these circles of influence, and He's equipped us with our staff, if you will. I don't know what your staff is. Um, I would challenge you to really consider that for a moment. What is it, Rebecca, that God has put in your hand? What is it, Faith, that God has put in your hand? Or Rebecca, what has God put in your hand? Nathan, Abby, Ashley, David, Jordan, you're gone. Where did you go? Oh, no. What has God put in your hand that you could use to reach people who are far from Him? What are you doing with the talent that He's given you? The talent to play basketball or play baseball or to, to sing or to play an instrument or to draw or to talk or to write or, or to do so many other things. What are you doing with those gifts that God has given you? Are you using those within the circle of your, uh, uh, these circles of your influence? Are you using them for your own kind of glory and your own betterment or your own entertainment or your own, your own like popularity? Or are you using them in such a way that maybe you just might reach somebody for Christ. I mean, I know that's kind of strange to think about. You don't necessarily always think, well, I'm playing baseball so that I can reach my friends for Jesus. Or I'm playing, you know, I, I, I'm taking these art classes or I'm drawing so that I can reach people for Christ. I mean, you may never reach anybody for Christ based on a drawing. I mean, maybe you will. Maybe you will. But, I mean, I never did. Maybe I just wasn't good enough. I don't know. You know, easy now. I don't know what you said, but I don't like it. <laughs> you know, are you using the gifts that God has given you to connect with people, to reach people, and widen that circle of influence, and maybe share Jesus with someone? See, if we want to leave the mark of Jesus on this generation, I believe that it begins with responding to the call that God has on all of our lives and answering this question of what is in our hand. We have to understand what God, how God has gifted us. How God has uniquely given us gifts and talents to do work in His kingdom. We've got to step up. Listen to what Jesus told His disciples in Matthew 28, 18-20. Again, a very familiar passage of Scripture you've probably all heard. It says, All authority in heaven and on earth have, has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded, commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, it was not a suggestion 
for the disciples to eh, go and you know baptize people and, and, and reach people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit when you got time. Uh, when you ain't got nothing better to do or when there's nothing good on TV, you know, maybe you'll think about it, you know, or when, uh, you know, you're just sitting around bored and you're thinking, ah, I, I better go, you know, maybe I'll go reach somebody, you know, maybe I'll go tell somebody about Jesus, you know, it says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, <laughs> not maybe go, therefore go. Therefore, go. It was called the Great Commission, not the Great Suggestion. And the Gospel writer Matthew concludes his Gospel with these words. And I think in many ways, it is this finality of what Jesus came for. It's kind of this wrap-up of what Jesus, this time he spent with his disciples. Hey guys, after these, these three years we've spent together going around and reaching people and healing people and performing miracles and doing all this. Hey, now go... And do it yourself. I'm not going to be here anymore. I'm not going to be able to do it with you. Now go. And I think this is, is what God is calling all of us. He's equipped us. He has, in, in many ways, prepared most of us. And if he hasn't done that yet, he will do that. Now it's just the, we're at that, that stage of now go. Now go. Imagine with me for a moment. What if? What if? We actually have the ability to influence other people. What if we've been gifted and equipped to reach people that we connect with every day? The people that you sit with at lunch. The people that are sitting behind you in math class or English class where you sleep and take your nap. No, that was just my me. friends can't do that. You don't take a nap in any class. I'm sure of that. You are, you are excited about going to school tomorrow, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I know. So tomorrow. You know, I really believe that even in your own home, those of you who maybe have family members that aren't Christians, you have the ability to reach your own family. You have the ability to reach people at work. But so, what if we actually had the ability to do this? And I say that what if, you know, just kind of being silly because I really believe that you do have the ability. I believe that you have the ability that you're capable of taking over your school. Taking, and not in a violent manner. Let me, let me check that. It's, you got, it's sad that you got to check that in this day and age. I'm not saying go in there, you know, and like holding everybody hostage. No, I'm saying that at all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like the, it's a modern day crusader. Yeah. <laughs> no, not saying that. But that you're capable of taking over your school, taking over your circle of friends, that club that you're involved with, the sports team, your own family for Christ. In fact, this is the very purpose for our existence. We are created to join God in His good work. I love what Ephesians 2.10 says. For we are His workmanship. And I'll just time out on that spot. Think about that. No matter what you think about yourself, when you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror and you have all those thoughts about, man, you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm oh not pretty. God, you just picture, <laughs> you know, maybe you think, I'm not pretty. Nobody likes me. I don't have very many oh God, friends. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me, Abby. <laughs> you know, maybe you think, man, I'm just not, you know, 
Nobody really likes me. Remember this. For we are His, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. I think that that's key. God prepared beforehand. Meaning before you ever existed. Perhaps even before the foundation of the earth, God prepared so that we would walk in them. I love the way the message says it. It says God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join Him in the work He does. We're joining God in the work He does. The good work He has gotten ready for us to do. Work we had better be doing. I think that's key. There's no other translation of the of scriptures that put that last part like that. I think that's very interesting. You ever have your parents tell you, you better be doing it. You, I tell you better get in there and do it right now. I have to threaten her a lot. And now I've noticed that it's not working out well for me because she's threatening other people. <laughs> so I'm not so sure if that was a good idea. No, but you, you better be doing it. God has created us to take part in the work he is doing and it is the work that he has already prepared for us in advance so you have a purpose that has been laid out for you since before you were created how has god uniquely positioned you to do works of service what has god made you passionate about think about that for a second what are you passionate about <coughs> what gets you excited what has God broken your heart for? What breaks your heart? And I'm not saying like some boy who just broke up with you or some girl who, you know, broke up with you or whatever, you know. Or I didn't get a date to prom, so I'm sad. No, I mean, what, like, what about the world? What about people not knowing Jesus? What about, you know, what, what is it that breaks your heart? What kind of potential do you have right now in your hand? I mean, think about that staff. Moses threw it down and it turned into a snake. That is scary potential. I mean, for me, I'd probably ran like a girl and peed. You know, but that's, I mean, just saying. It's what you always do. I'm saying ran like a girl and peed. Not saying that a girl peed. I'm just saying I would have ran like a girl and I would have peed like I pee. That's what I'm saying. Just to be on. We've, we have gone off the rails tonight. Wow. I cannot put this online, I don't think. Anyways. What kind of potential do you have in your hand right now? Let me ask you. Do you want to be the kind of people that just simply survive the world in all its craziness? Or do you want to be the kind of people that change the world? See, I don't, I don't know about you, but I want desperately... To be in the business of changing the world and making an impact. I want to create a ministry that impacts the lives of other students, entire families, entire generations of people. Changed for Christ. Entire generations of people equipped and empowered to go on and change the next generation and the next generation and the next. May you not grow up to just be good little boys and girls. But may you grow up to be great young men and young ladies that will change the world for Jesus Christ. May we be a church that will do the same. Let's pray together. We're out of time.
Jesus, we just pray right now that, God, that we would just, I just pray for each student and each adult that we would take this message to heart and realize that, God, you have given us so much potential, so much, you have equipped us in such a way that, God, that, I mean, we have unbelievable potential right at our fingertips, God. And may we figure out what that thing is that, that you have provided for us, that, that what's in your hands sort of thing, that, that maybe answer that question and know, God, what you've given us. And God, may we not fear the potential, but harness that potential to reach people in our circle of influence. God, may we have a burden, may we break our heart for those who don't know you. <clears throat> for those who are just far from you, God, may we want to reach them. I pray that for each person here tonight. God, that you would give them a burden for their friends, for school, their family, their, you know, the people that they go to school with, God, that don't know you. May they want to reach them. May they try to reach them. May they pray for them and love them. Father, we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for loving us and watching over us and taking care of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much.